Paycom has something to say about payroll. When it isn't right, a lot can go wrong. And it's the employee who ends up suffering the most. After all, their livelihood depends on an accurate paycheck every time. And when they don't get that, they're placed in a tight financial spot, leading to insufficient funds, overdraft fees, missed payments, and other nightmares. Not to mention a lack of confidence and trust in their employer. With Betty, new from Paycom, employees do their own payroll. That means they gain full visibility into their paychecks and can resolve any issues and approve their checks before payroll is processed instead of after for greater accuracy and peace of mind. And best of all, they get a perfect paycheck every time. The future of payroll is here. Learn more at paycom.com slash Betty. That's paycom.com slash B-E-T-I. All right. We're live. Hello, everybody. I'm here with... Ivor Cummins. Ivor Cummins, you can find him at fatemperor.com. He is on uh, on Twitter. Is it Fat Emperor or Ivor Cummins on Twitter? Oh, it's at uh, Fat Emperor and thefatemperor.com, yeah. But if you Google my name, Ivor Cummins, to be honest, you get it's easy. So you get the hits to Twitter, uh, YouTube, everything in the first page. Nice, nice. Now, you and I have discussed before something way back in the day when, uh, when actually talking about <laughs> diet was possible. Uh, now it's, it, the world has ramped up to a new level of madness and uh, you know, discussing dietary policy, discussing the, uh, the poor cholesterol science that has been exalted is no longer as relevant, I guess, to both of us because of what we've been uh, kind of thrust into the last couple of years. So Man, Ivor, you've been doing such a great job. And I want to thank you, first of all, for what you've done as far as, you know, just exposing the narrative, exposing the real science, the re- looking at the actual numbers from an engineering standpoint throughout this whole pandemic, uh, as you've been calling it sometimes, the flu d'etat that we've seen over the last year. And uh, it's, it's been a breath of fresh air, man. Um, and I, I, I'm honored to have you on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, to the audience, we are live streaming on YouTube and we're live on Rockfin as well. The second half of this is going to be Rockfin exclusive. And we're going to talk about why right now. Ivor, your YouTube channel has been great lately, but I, I have noticed some of your videos, uh, they're just not there. What's been going on with this and, uh, and why, are, why are we able to see like your video from yesterday, for instance? Yeah, so a few weeks ago, I got a strike, my first strike. And I got some demonetization before, but surprisingly little. Uh, and I think it was because my stuff is all mathematical and fully referenced. And it's just not conspiracy theory stuff, even though it obviously goes massively against the narrative. So somehow they stayed back from me. But a few weeks ago, maybe it was concerted effort. The right people at the right level made phone calls. I don't know. But they gave me a strike. They took down four videos. Then they took another six or seven a week later. But it was within the first strike, which is important. So I proactively removed, because I'm, I have to protect the, uh, the platform, I proactively removed a bunch more, but they were ones where the view numbers had fallen right down anyway. Mm-hmm. So they'd done their work, mostly. Okay. Uh, and all of my content anyway, before that happened, is mirrored dynamically onto um, odyssey.com and BitChute. So every video I put on YouTube automatically goes up onto their servers. So there is that. So I'm going to start moving people over towards that, or maybe Rockfid you mentioned. I wasn't familiar. I'm going to start trying to move my subscriber base uh, slowly. It'll never, you'll never get all the guys. Uh, begin to give them that alternative, because this is getting insane. I mean, 
this is the modern day equivalent of book burning. And we were hundreds of years out of that. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, it's what's happened the last year. I have to pinch myself several times a day when my subconscious mind for a moment, for a nanosecond tells me this is uh, this is all just a dream because it makes no sense. Nothing in COVID has made sense. Hmm. And then a split second later, my conscious mind comes in and says, no, it's actually real. And that happens to me a few times a day for the last whole year. Yeah. And that's because my brain understands this thing and understands that what's happening is insane in a modern, free, liberal, democratic society. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these, these platforms, like Sujin Wojcicki was just given a, a free speech award. I don't know if you saw this. She got a oh, free speech award son. the other day. And of course, it was from an organization that YouTube and Google fund. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so much, so much. Did you that. see the downvotes? Someone sent me the link and said, look at the downvotes. There's around, I don't know, 30 upvotes, around 9,800 downvotes on the, on the video <laughs> clip on YouTube. <laughs> well, this is why I don't know if you remember, just maybe a month or so ago, YouTube announced that they're working with creators to make sure that bullying on the platform is brought to a minimum. And the upvote and downvote mechanism, that's a way that bullying can manifest. I don't know if you've heard this. They, they're, oh. they're moving toward you. Yeah, you know, poor, these poor philanthropists like Bill Gates, like the World Economic Forum, people just want to give them uh, those hateful downvotes. And uh, we we got to get rid of that. You know, I mean, it's, it's like an obscuring, not only of the numbers, which uh, I think anybody who's been putting out YouTube videos for the last year understands that the numbers are, to a certain extent, they can be suppressed, they can be manipulated. And uh, the shadow banning stuff that people talk, talk about is real on all platforms. But uh, that, that's a way that you can suppress uh, people understanding what the real public sentiment is, right? It's, an, it's a way of social engineering people to believing that, oh, look, my peers believe this is good or my peers have this opinion over this subject just by simply, you know, remove, removing the ability to like upvote or downvote. That's, that is so sinister, just added to everything else. And I haven't heard that before. It makes sense, of course. So they even need to censor the way people perceive the content censor that as well yeah shocking when is that is that coming soon uh i don't know if they're going to roll it out I'm, I'm sure they i think what happens is you you put out an idea and you kind of monitor the the buzz on the internet and the chatter and yeah. then gauge okay maybe it's not time to roll this out yet we'll need a better excuse later you know i mean bill gates and these other you know, bill gates klaus schwab on twitter i don't remember ever seeing you be able to turn off commenting to anybody other than people that you follow but that happened over the last year, and I first noticed it on Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab's Twitter pages. So I, I yeah. think that a lot of this is in reaction to the reaction that must be, yeah. of course, steered in order to, uh, you know, what, what would be called manufacture consent in kind of an Edward yes. Bernays type fashion. So what we have been seeing over the last year, Ivor, and you've been really exposing this to a great extent, is that the so-called science the science, which, you know, it's now in capitals, right? The science that is settled by the experts seems to have been uh, turned into something that's pretty unscientific, in my opinion. Um, the science behind the lockdowns, the science behind the mortality rates, the cases and deaths, uh, the, the, the effectiveness of masks. We're going to get into this really deep in the second half, guys. We're, we mentioned the censorship. We are on YouTube Unfortunately, YouTube makes it difficult to talk about almost anything these days. So remember, there's a link in the description and there's a link in the live chat right now. It's pinned at the top. Go over there to Rockfin. You make a free account. You can watch for free while we're live. Later on, I think I'm going to probably end up putting that to the premium content. But the first half of this is going to be free on YouTube. Second half, we can talk about anything. We're going to go really deep without any filters. 
uncensored, and it's not like we're talking about anything inflammatory. We're talking about nothing that should be controversial uh, in a you know a society that would uh, value open discourse on uh, the, the science, as we've been told. But Ivor, the science behind lockdowns, the science behind mortality rates, the science behind cases, deaths, PCR exam, all of this has been highly suppressed, highly steered in my opinion. I want to hear your perspective. Maybe uh, we'll start out broad and we're going to get a little bit deeper in that second half, of course. Um, the lockdowns. What the heck is going on here? What is the argument for lockdowns? And um, and how has the narrative perhaps been skewed concerning the, uh, the actual effectiveness uh, and the justification and the numbers that are used to justify this? I know it's a broad question, but you can start wherever you want on the yeah, well, lockdowns are built essentially on an absence of science. So they could theoretically work or work very well, but you can't possibly know because they're built on an absence of science, which clearly is very dangerous. Whenever you do an intervention that will affect the public health, and I'm not talking about limiting COVID, I mean affect the public health in myriad negative ways, obviously you need more than an absence of science. So what really was behind the lockdown? And it's actually a very simple story. Uh, people think it evolved through all the health bodies and negotiations, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. So I have a short clip I sent out ages ago. And essentially what happened was China, the totalitarian state, made a huge fuss over this uh, SARS-CoV-2 when it emerged. And they made sure there were lots of videos of doors being welded shut, and cities being shut down and locked down. So it was a new phenomenon, ne never came up before. Uh, and they disseminated that all over the world. And I think we had a New York Times uh, journalist back in probably March or April last year, and he did a big piece on it, that when Italy then chose to copy China, uh, there were around, I don't know, 50,000 Chinese origin Twitter accounts all you know, goading them to lock down and saying that you're killing your people if you don't. So there are actual misinformation campaigns addressed at the West. And that was in the New York Times. So, you know, not me saying it. That's where I read it. Uh, so all this happened. But really what happened was Bruce Aylward, uh, an official at the WHO, was in China talking to them. And they had camera crews in a big auditorium. And they're wearing masks and things, you know, all the, all the theater. And uh, he held up a graph. It was quite stunning. So what he was showing on the graph was a classic Gumpert's curve of rise and then curl over and fall, slow fall. And that happens because of community immunity builds. And whenever any of these outbreaks occur, you basically, from the first days of the outbreak, the curve is slowing down, the second derivative. So it's going up, but it's going up less steeply every day. And then it curls over and comes down. And that's because community immunity develops. You have fewer susceptible people. Some susceptible die. You can't die twice. Uh, and other factors. So that's why there's a millions of years old viral curve. But Bruce Aylward pointed at that. And he did something astonishing. And I'm glad I have the video because it's still hard to believe. He made a single observational uh, observation. Not even an observational study. And they're kind of junk. They don't prove anything. But he made a single observation. And he pointed at the curve and he basically said, look, China did a great job. They did that. <laughs> so he's pointing at a natural curve, right? And he's saying they did that. And then he went on to say, we're going to have to do this, all countries in Europe. He said it. 
based on a single observation. And the WHO backed that uh, with all of their might and influence as the world's health body. So the genesis of lockdowns is quite simple. It's, it's a non-science or nonsense birth that it had. It was simply an observation of what China said they did, an assumption that it worked. That's, that's as simple as I can put it for people. People think it was all kinds of other stuff. That's it. Now, when Italy adopted this guidance, when they panicked in northern Italy, they're the vitamin D black spot of Europe. They have dreadful problems in their health system, and they've had some shocking hospital overruns in influenza seasons over the past 20 or 30 years. That Italy. So they had a big problem in overruns, and they panicked, and they decided to do what Bruce and the WHO said knee-jerk reaction. And when they did it, sadly, they were the first big Western domino. And then in England, we had bad actors like Neil Ferguson, who had farcical modeling of deaths, which were 10 times above reality. But Neil Ferguson in December, just gone in the British Times paper, and he's on the record quoting, he said, we didn't think we could lock down in the West because, you know, it's the West. But then we saw Italy doing it. And this is a quote, and we realized we could actually do it. You know, his words were a Freudian slip almost. So we realized that we could do it, or we realized that we could do it without pushback from the general populace. We realized it would be accepted. (laughs) I I wonder what he's referring to. Oh, he he was just, it's as simple as it sounds. They realized we can do this. We can actually get away with this. Mm. Uh, And therefore, they went and did it. Yeah. Because Italy showed you can actually do that over here. And I guess he's probably thinking as well that the Westerners are now so dumb and scared and, and innumerate and can't even understand the diamond princess and the Chinese data and the yep. fatality rates. They're so stupid uh, that apparently we can do this nonsense too. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, it's like the Sesame Street level of narrative of like, yeah. hey, kids, the science says wear your mask. Here's a little cartoon icon on a, you know, Boris, here's Boris Johnson's podium. And he's got little emojis with masks and with hand washing. <laughs> and it's just like the, the, the narrative is they legitimately talk to West like they're three-year-olds now through mass media. When I say they, I mean, you know, mass media, mass communications mechanisms. We have been dumbed down to such an extent that it's insane, you know. People people don't realize that this would be illegal in most of the uh, you know constitutional frameworks in a lot of these Western nations, especially the United States. Um, I'm not yeah. really sure about uh, what the uh, the rights are, constitutional rights or whatever, in most of Europe. But this was this is insane. And what's madness as well is this is not something that's actually. I mean, it kind of seems like it's a new idea when we uh, when we look at you know the the China doing this. They're not really being much of a precedent for this beforehand. But when you're looking at some of the some of the uh, the white papers from a lot of these big foundations, like the Rockefeller Foundation, for instance, you look at their 2010. Um, it wasn't a tabletop exercise, but it was the, uh, the I think it was development uh, the development of technology in the future. Anyways, we looked at this document on the previous stream that I did, which is exclusive on Rockfin right now. It's too hot for YouTube because YouTube doesn't like historical facts. But we talked about the Rockefeller Foundation and the, uh, the, the social engineering that they've been involved in for over 100 years. The Rockefeller Foundation actually had a chapter in a scenario where this was the exact thing that happened, right? Communist China locks down. Communist China creates a top-down authoritarian model in response to a pandemic. Most of the West follows along out of fear and trepidation, and, uh, and, and you, it results in a more totalitarian global system of 
response to the pandemic that doesn't go away after the pandemic is what this document from 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation put out. So this is not like some pie in the sky thing that, you know, these technocrats just came up with just in 2019 uh, or 2020. These are scenarios that have actually been planned out and gamed. So, I mean, to me, it's just, it's insane to see it working out like this. And then to look at these white papers, to look at these uh, foundations like the Rockefeller Foundation, the uh, Johns Hopkins doing tabletop exercises, like their spars exercise, or the uh, Event 201. You see these things and it's like, oh my goodness, this is playing out exactly as it was gamed by the World Economic Forum, Gates Foundation, and Johns Hopkins. So, um, yeah, sorry for that tangent there. But yeah, that's, the lockdowns have been insane. And you mentioned, you know, it's not just health outcomes with a respiratory virus that we're looking at, right? This is not the only metric that we should perhaps consider when you're looking at lockdowns. Um, What do you think about this? I mean, we have a complete ignoring of things like suicide rates, poverty, uh, the effect of economic depressions on suicide rates, alcoholism, drug use, all these things. Um, Where's the data on this, Ivor? Uh, Again, if an absence of science ushered in the lockdown era, an absence of data defines how it it was maintained. There is none. No one cares. So from our children, abuse of children with masks and missing their education and all the long-term damage and misery that will cause the impact on our children. Imagine we sacrifice the children in the name of this nonsense. Um, All the way through to, there was a Public Health England report that 200,000 life years they reckoned would be lost because of the lockdowns. And that probably easily exceeds, you know, even the the life that was lost from COVID, never mind the piece that could have been saved by the lockdown, which is maybe 10% on a good day of what was lost. The cost benefit was never done and people were calling for it and they steadfastly refused to do a cost benefit. No one talked cost benefit. Occasionally, the media would whine a bit saying, oh, it's terrible lockdowns, you know, it's really tough. But then they'd quickly say, but we're all in this together. Like as if the toughness was a virtue. The toughness isn't a virtue. The toughness is unnecessary, you know, suffering and death on an amazing scale. And they won't quantify it or even talk about it. In fact, if you talk about it, chances are you'll probably get censored. The, the idea that we're in this together, these, uh, these tropes about, you know, strength through unity and, uh, and even uh, the, the idea of, you, you see the trope floated a lot now about, well, we have to sacrifice. We're going to have to make sacrifices for the greater good of everyone else, which, you know, when you, when you think about it in the grand sense, these are, these are kind of noble ideals, but they're being completely hermeneutically twisted and turned into something that's, that's sinister, right? So it's like the West's, the decadent West's, ideals of altruism ideals of you know sacrificing for the greater good of giving up something so that other people can 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 have it a little bit better like these are things that you know human beings were meant to embrace these things right uh, we're meant to embrace suffering sometimes in order to i mean you look at childbirth right the, the sufferings of childbirth results in beautiful life coming into the world but it, it, it gets twisted, right? It's like, oh, you guys are sacrificing for the greater good. Sit down, shut up, stay home, become unemployed. I think we're, okay, now we're back. Now we are live. Excuse me, audience. A little glitch there in my internet connection, it looks like. Anyways, hmm. Ivor, yeah, the, but, um, yeah. Go, go for it, man. 
Oh, yeah, I agree. No, you're just saying uh, the, the whole thing. We, we get our kibble and we're told to lock down. What they're doing is exploiting. And to be honest, the bad people in history have always done this. All totalitarian regimes came in for your own safety or to save the people or to fix a major problem, which we kind of exaggerated or created. So this is the same. Oh, I'm a World War II buff. And like... The parallels this last year are incredible. I won't even get into the Holocaust. I'm talking about the methods and the mechanisms by which you subvert the people. So you feed them fear, and then you feed them this virtue that we can all together beat the enemy, war on the virus. It's the same game always in human history. Either it's a war on terror, a war on drugs, you know, a war on those guys, a war on these guys, War on a virus is perfect because while the average person can kind of assess the, the danger level of a war with bad guys, they don't know anything about virology. They don't know anything about epidemiology. They don't know anything about immunology. They don't know squat. So you can tell them anything. And by God, in the last year, they have told them everything. <laughs> I, I'd have to say now... There's almost no solid hardcore technical truth in nearly anything that's come out over the past year. Now, that sounds like a big claim. You'd say, come on. Okay, you can argue with them on X or Y. But I'll tell you, at my standard of technical truth, based on the data, the vast majority of what's been said over the past year is wrong. It's half-truths, but it's not proper uh, assessment from the data or from the virology, epidemiology, or immunology. So it's just incredible. Uh, I would say myself and my worldwide teams of immunologists and epidemiologists and scientists, etc., we've been around 80-20 correct because this is a new virus and it's hard to call exactly. We underestimated somewhat the winter resurgence in Europe. It was a bit bigger than we thought, but we're around 80-20 correct in everything we said in the framework. And the experts, this is just a reality, are around 80, 20 less than correct on seasonality, on impact level, on dependability of PCR, you know, on patterns, on whether the, la the, the virus came from the lab or came from nature. And we don't want to get into that one, but they're they're heavily incorrect in their assumptions on that one. Right, right. Just well, I'd like to get into a lot of these things deeper. We can't. Oh, what's cool after, about Rockfin? Yeah. Exactly. What's cool about Rockfin, guys? If you guys are watching right now and um, yeah, and you enjoy what Ivor's saying here, I mean, this is this is Ivor and I. We're biting tongues. We'll say it like that. <laughs> we're on YouTube. We're walking. We got. We're doing the eggshell tiptoe dance here on YouTube, and uh, because you know we're, we're not trying to lose our platforms. We're of course not breaking any of the community guidelines whatsoever. Um, we are not uh, spreading any lies. I mean, we're simply talking about the reality of what is happening. But that has become so insanely uh, censored that we, we can't really say what we want to say here. So remember, I think maybe about 10 minutes more, 10, 15 minutes, and then we're going to transfer over to Rockfin so we can stop biting our tongues, so we can stop dancing around the issues and, uh, and really get into what happened here with the misrepresentation of so-called the science, right? Uh, which is, you know, they've thrown a capital the and a capital S on there. And the science is uh, now scientism, of course. It's become a, uh, mm. a religion. religion. That, exactly. It's a religion that's been doled out with, uh, with 
zero representation of what the actual scientific method is. In fact, the actual scientific method has been thrown right out the door for a highly politicized and, uh, and propagandistically charged rhetoric in order to justify terror. A terror campaign on us, a terror campaign on our children, a terror campaign against us on many levels that is resulting in more death, destruction, uh, and, and, and you know, if we don't really steer this in a different direction very soon, it seems to maybe have just been getting started, unfortunately. So we're going to be on Rockfin exclusive in about 10 minutes, you guys. There's a link in the description. There's a link pinned in the chat right now. Pull up a, a tab on Rockfin. If you're watching live, you watch it for free over there on Rockfin right now. Later on, it's going to be a, a premium exclusive for subscribers over there. But uh, Rockfin is a place where we can say what we want. We do not have to censor. And, uh, and we're going to go a lot deeper on all this without having to, uh, to bite our tongues. But yeah, uh, Ivor Cummins here. You know... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Tristan, no, just to give you a flavor uh, for 10 minutes' time. But when you think about it, I was explaining to people last April in Ireland, right? We were in the middle of our epidemic, kind of coming out of it, because we knew that seasonality in Europe for coronavirus, we're going to curve through that classic curve, like China. So we knew that. I knew that. So I was explaining to people on lockdown, I was trying to think, how do I explain to people without getting into science on lockdown? Because people think lockdown should help. What they don't understand is that unless you hide everyone under the bed, separated fully and feed them food through a dumb waiter, okay, the nature of the virus is it spreads in the home, it spreads in small groups. You go into stores anyway, they allow people to go for food shopping. It's a terrible lockdown in terms of its damage, but it's not actually locking down to the extent you would have to to actually stop spread. And also there's dormancy. So in the second wave, there would have been quite a bit of dormancy. So people in households, it would have come out of dormancy and then they would have infected their bubble. So all over the country with people in bubbles, there'd be people popping out of dormancy and infecting their bubble. Right. This is documented decades ago. So there are some of the reasons lockdown doesn't work because people think, but, but it should work. But the other thing I tell them is if you just lock down look- harder and forever, then then it'll work. Right. The only the only the only thing you can do is lock down harder and, and, and better than anybody's ever locked down before. And then maybe you could catch up with, uh, you know, Sweden, Florida and these places that didn't lock down and your curves would look more like theirs. Well, this is it. It's madness. But the example on on lockdown in real world empirical evidence, empirical evidence is that evidence in science which you observe with your own eyes. It's always been a central pillar of science. Uh, So observational studies have their challenges, but that doesn't take from the fact that you must see with your own eyes the evidence of what you've done having the effect you, you thought. And that's missing for lockdown and masks. But I gave an example in Ireland, right? In April in Ireland, we went through our epidemic a lot of people got sick and quite a few people died. The median age was 84. The average age was around life expectancy. And 19 out of 20 who died were never given an ICU attempt because they were already so profoundly ill or aged, independent of COVID. It wasn't ethical to try and save them. Now think about that. But nonetheless, the media were screaming about death and terror. And I said to people, the shop workers 
are not locked down. They're the opposite of lockdown. All fiber optic cable. And now, all right, we got that fiber optic and it's working again. I don't know what happens, but every once in a while, you get a few of these during a stream. I wish I could control it, but I can't, you guys. Uh, if only we would lock mm -hmm. down the internet harder, we could stop getting these intermittent uh, streams, uh, stream disturbances. So, Ivor, you want to go ahead and back that up? Thank you guys for your patience. Sorry for the, the glitch there. All right, so I'll just go from there. So I was saying, yeah, we had our, our big epidemic, apparently, and they were claiming around 2,500 deaths. Uh, our actual excess mortality or mortality spike over normal mortality turned out afterwards to be more like, I don't know, could have been seven or 800, not 2,500. That's the PCR problem. But the thing was, 19 out of the 20 who died were never given an ICU uh, treatment. And the reason was 19 out of 20 of our, our people who died from COVID, apparently, um, were so aged, frail, or late-stage cancer. They were so close to death that it wasn't ethical to try and save them. So 19 out of 20 were not COVID. Essentially, they were not if they were that state. Uh, so that was one thing. And the other thing I explained to people on lockdown is think about it. When you lock down everyone and we had uh, three mile limits of travel and it was pretty harsh only grocery stores were open everything was shut really hard lockdown and the grocery workers are not locked down right there were no masks back in april 2020 it was before the mask nonsense there were no masks they were indoors remember indoors is where it's dangerous and they had a few plastic shields which are nonsense and they had no masks these grocery workers were all mixing, and I was in those stores. They were walking around stacking shelves indoors with all the great unwashed coming in and out, all the infected people flowing in and out. Guess what? The grocery workers across the board had no extra infection and no extra death. That's a fact. So if you take a full, perfect control sample of those grocery workers all across Ireland who are not locked down, who are the opposite, who are exposed to everyone every day, yeah, yeah, and they had no extra infection and death, that's a single point proof that the lockdown is largely nonsense. And there's no arguing against that proof. Every time I brought that up on Twitter with the lockdown nutjobs, they would never answer it. Isn't it interesting? Mm -hmm. They would argue with me on Sweden and the Nordics, which is more nonsense. They would argue with me on this, that, and the other. But they always walked away from that one. Because yeah. there's no answer. It's funny the excuses Cuomo, they'll give. They give all the excuses, but that one they walk away from because it's too fundamental. Hmm. It shakes them to their core. Rightly, Cuomo in New York, three or four weeks after his big lockdown, and they were slapping each other on the back, but they still had loads of cases. Yeah. He expressed shock in a CNN interview. And he says, I don't understand it. 68% of our new cases are people who have been isolating at home for the last, you know, four weeks. Ooh. And he was being on, like he was kind of saying, I don't get this. He doesn't get it because he doesn't understand the science. There's dormancy. There's within bubble spread. There's a whole load of complex viral interactions. Yeah, and with, not to mention right? false positives, which we're going to get into that in the next, <laughs> right? It's like yeah. sometimes you start talking about numbers and it's like, okay, well, what is the level of false positives when you run PCR exam at cycle threshold over 35 cycles 
it, it, it's ridiculous. And I want to get into this in the second half over here on Rockfin. Um, yeah, I think I think it's time to do that. Now, I just want to drop one more little tidbit to just kind of add to what you just mentioned there. Now, we live in Ecuador. Ecuador ha- also has uh, rolling lockdowns, you know. I mean, we had an intense lockdown back in March, April, May of last year, which is, of course, the uh, it's a Roman Catholic country, and it was just right around their Easter, you know, which, uh, how interesting. You know, their biggest Semana Santa and Easter, their biggest celebration where they get together with their families, their biggest religious celebration in this country was uh, they were locked down by the, uh, by the new priesthood, by the transitionary priesthood of uh, of scientism of of the state of the uh, the global mcmono culture and what's crazy here is we live in this small town and most people that don't live in town weren't too weren't too afraid at least after the first initial terror campaign with like the space suit the chinese space suit the videos of them spraying out of giant cannons in the street we had our phases here though you know we had trucks coming through with uh giant uh chemical fumigators and just spraying carcinogenic chemicals on everybody's gardens and their front yards in town it was insane and people were like we need more of this we need more of this look at the chinese look at look at america look at Dr. Fauci, trust the science, right? It was, an, it was horrible. But guess what? We got these people here who work down at the dump. You know, there's a dump in our town. Everybody brings their trash down to the dump, and there's three large trash containers that look like, you know, any, any city you'd have these behind every building, right? Mm. It takes about three of these in our little town, and those get emptied out by the municipio. They bring it over to, uh, to the landfill. But there are people who filter through all that trash. There are people who make it their job We're talking, Mm. you know, old ladies in their 60s with children. And what they do is they look for batteries in the trash. They look for anything valuable, glass containers and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's that's what they do. You know, it sounds it sounds sad. Right. You know what? These people are actually really cool. You talk to them. They're they're actually happier than a lot of the uh, uh, the more wealthy, (laughs) decadent Westerners that I grew up Mm. knowing. But uh, none of these people who are digging through all the filthy, disgusting biohazard masks, none of these people who are digging through everybody's trash trash that includes here you don't flush your toilet paper here it goes in the trash so these people who were digging through all of that i asked them throughout the whole thing if they know anybody who's hanging out there with them it's just a few families that do this none of those people got sick at all over the last year none of them were sick right uh so you know that take it for what it is there you are and and to be honest even usa right can't argue with usa data and reality uh there were a few articles, but they quickly moved on and didn't like the articles because they said that this was not what they were claiming. Uh, homeless people in Boston, East Coast and West Coast, same thing was seen in big homeless shelters. They got up to 70, 80, 90 percent positivity. Guess what they were missing? Illness or death. Hmm. Hmm. So you had super spread amongst the homeless people, in fairness, uh, in centers with up to a few hundred homeless people and in prisons in cases huge positivity rates but embarrassingly almost no deaths and not even illness vast majority asymptomatic and they were people of all ages who are not in the best of health right Right. you're a homeless person yeah sharing needles a lot of these people right i mean the worst of health um Madness. There you go. Absolute madness. All right, here we go. So you know what? Who knows? We don't know if YouTube's going to leave this up. Uh, may, may the algorithm have mercy on my channel. Uh, but we are <laughs> going to go over to Rockfin right now. Everybody who's watching live now, we're going on Rockfin where there will be no biting of tongues where we can talk about what we want to talk about, which in all honesty shouldn't be controversial. 
shouldn't be any reason to censor. does not go against any of the community guidelines. But I'm here with Ivor Cummins. We're transferring over there to Rockfin, and, uh, and we're going to be talking facts about lockdowns, mortality rates, the masks, the PCR scam, <laughs> and, uh, and all of that. So you guys, on YouTube, let me just get this transition real quick and make sure that we, uh, we're going to stop the live stream on YouTube, and we'll see you over there on Rockfin. The link is in the chat. The link is in the description of this video. Go over there to Rockfin if you're watching live right now. It is free. All you got to do is make an account, and uh, and you can watch for free on Rockfin. That's how we are actually able to get past the censorship to a certain extent, and uh, because we are not censored on Rockfin. So we got to get you guys over there on Rockfin so you can watch these streams live. And if you're watching on the replay, you can upgrade to a subscription to get access to the premium content over there on Rockfin. That's how we keep this channel alive. That's how we keep... Uh, that's how we're able to spread the truth and we're able to actually fund the operation here. So uh, on, on YouTube, we will see you later. Bon voyage, YouTube. Uh, but we are going somewhere where we don't have to bite our tongues. And we'll see you guys over on Rockfin in just a moment.